welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey there, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode, I have kind of a surprise for you guys. I've been sort of alluding to it on different social medias. Um, if you were at the Keweenaw Overland Adventure Retreat, it was pretty obvious there that uh, I didn't have the Xterra. And so I have made a vehicle change. And no, the, uh, the Infiniti Q50 Sport is not the change. There will not be an Infiniti Q50 build. It is a lowered car. It is, serves a totally different purpose. Uh, what I'm going to do is sort of walk you through today why I made the change, what I made the change to. I'm gonna show you some pictures and video of the new vehicle. I'm gonna talk a little bit about how I got it. There were also sort of some trials in picking it up, so that may be sort of interesting to you. And again, I've got video and all that stuff as well. So stay tuned to hear more about what I switched to, why I switched, and what's to come. All Things Overlanding is brought to you by Red Arc Power Management Solutions. Rugged Bound Supply Company, rooftop tents, awnings, roof racks, and more. Overland Addict, premium overland gear. Last U.S. Bag, overlanding bags and equipment. Northology Overland, trips and a monthly overlanding magazine. All of these companies are really amazing, so I highly recommend you click through the links in the description below to learn more about each of them. Alright guys, so as I mentioned... Uh, there have been a lot of developments in the vehicle department. So for those of you that aren't familiar, I had previously a 2005 Nissan Xterra SE, uh, four-wheel drive, obviously. I, you know, over the last five-ish years, four and a half, five years, I've built that thing up. I've modified it quite extensively. It's got a two and a half inch lift on it. Um, I've kind of cobbled together a bunch of different suspension components, but I finally got it to a really good spot where it felt really nice. It was super capable. I recently, you know, a couple months ago, took it to land between the lakes, put a tag up here to those videos if you haven't seen those yet. But it, this thing crawled over everything and it did great. It ran like a top. It's been super reliable and I love it. But so here's the story of what happened. So after I got back from land between the lakes, I, you know, I was driving around a little bit. My brakes were really sort of mushy and, and I was like, you know what, I, I need to get those bled anyways. And I had sort of a vibration when I would let off the gas. And so I was like, you know what? It feels like U-joints maybe. But between the Land Between the Lakes trip and my Keweenaw Overland Adventure Retreat trip, there were only about three to four weeks of time. And to be honest, I kind of like delayed a little bit. I just didn't really think about it. I was busy when I got back from the Land Between the Lakes trip. I had a bunch of work to do and stuff. So like a week, week and a half or two went by. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I only have a couple weeks left. I don't have time to do all this work, but what I will do is I'll take it to four-wheel parts. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. I've, I've heard horror stories about four-wheel parts too, but historically, my four-wheel parts has been able to help me with stuff that like were maybe above my pay grade a little bit. Um, I did flood my rear axle in a river up in the Manistee National Forest a few years ago, and I mean, it ruined everything. It, my axle seals went, and there was water and everything. It was really bad. Um, I started to take it all apart, and I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm not pressing bearings in and stuff. I'm not going to do that. I'm not that experienced. I can do some basic stuff like brakes and hubs and U-joints and things like that. And the U-joints even were a little on the high side of, of the experience curve for me. 
But so I, again, I took it to four wheel parts and they took great care of me. They were very fair in the pricing and they did a good job and it's run for another few years, right? Since that happened. However, I took it to the four wheel parts. Unfortunately, this time it took them quite a long time to give me a quote. Like it took them a week just to give me a quote. But the reason that I found out was um, they were waiting on all these different parts manufacturers to get back to them because the quote that came back was for $4,300 worth of work. Now, obviously, you know, they're a shop. That's how they make money is they charge you money. They charge you for the parts. So everything has a markup on it, right? I think I probably could have gotten all the parts that I needed buying cheap stuff off of like an eBay or an Amazon or something like that or a Rock Auto. I could have probably gotten out the door for about a thousand bucks, but then I would have had to do all the work myself. And again, by the time they got me the quote, I had about a week until this my like one of my biggest events for the year, one of my favorite overlanding events for the year. And I was also kind of like, do I really want to put that much money and time and effort into the Xterra? Because it is 16 years old, right? It does have 142,000 miles on it. Now, the engine and transmission are super strong in it. It's just basically the, the things that came back in the quote were, you know, they said upper control arms, which is a little weird because I went to those Freedom Off-Road ones not too long ago. I just greased them like a few months ago. I, I don't know what would be bad with those, but they said UCAs, lower control arms. They said all the hubs, basically all the hubs all the way around were messed up. The front driver's side one had quite a bit of wiggle in it. Um, all four U-joints were bad. So, um, and then the brakes. They said that the brake calipers were actually slowly leaking, not enough to like cause drips and stuff, but that's why my brakes periodically, like once a year would just go soft, is that they would slowly lose brake fluid. Now, I was filling up with brake fluid too, I, but they're the original brakes, right? I mean, I've done pads and rotors, but they are the original calipers. So they're saying you need to replace your calipers and your lines, right? Um, so again, I kind of hit that point. I'm like, you know what? I got to get ready for this core trip. I've also had this truck for almost five years now. I feel kind of like it's time for a change. Um, I honestly, I did think about like a 2022 Frontier, but one, they're not really even out yet. You can't even really find them in dealerships. Two, a Pro 4X starts at like 38.5, which is not unfair necessarily, but it's a ton of money, right? And if you know Nissans, you know that they have a pretty good amount of depreciation. So I figure in like three to five years, those things will be 25 grand, right? 20, 25 grand, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on mileage. So, uh, so I didn't want to buy a new Frontier. So then I started to sort of search Facebook Marketplace. I did find a 2012 Xterra S trim, um, four wheel drive, that was really, really clean. Like really nice, 97,000 miles, 2012. The guy had recently dropped his price to 10,500, which is a little on the high side, but not in this market, right? Like I bought my 05 for seven grand five years ago with 94,000 miles. So yeah, it's more than that, but it's also, you know, seven years newer. It has 45,000 less miles than my current truck does. So it would have been a nice upgrade for me. There would be no way that I could get anything switched over to it before the core event because by this point it was the weekend before and I had to leave Wednesday morning at 4 a.m. Um, so I was just out of time, right? But I was like, you know what? I could take a stock exterior up there. That wouldn't be the end of the world. I would have basically like a much newer truck with much lower miles. That would be really nice, right? So that was kind of the first thing that I came across. I messaged the guy. I actually have still, it's been like two weeks. I've never heard back from that guy. So I don't know if it's even still available or not. I just, he never replied to me. Um, but at the same time, I found another truck. Um, and I'll put, a, again, a, like a picture up here of it. So I found this 2008 Nissan Frontier. And it's from the guys at PNP Engineering. Now, um, Kyle, one of the, the guys from PNP, I bought actually my old steel wheels and MT tires. I bought those off him a couple years ago. So I was familiar with him. I knew him. 
Um, I knew I know their stuff, right? They build really nice armor and bumpers and things like that. And so I was like, you know what? This is a really nice truck. But they wanted a pretty decent amount of money for it because it does have a ton of aftermarket stuff on it. So it's got a decked system in the rear, which is pretty pricey, right? 1300-ish bucks. It's got full armor underneath mixed aluminum and steel. It's got, uh, you know, sort of a custom low profile bumper in the front with integrated aux beam lights and a 12K winch. It's got a swing out on the rear with a tire up on it. Um, it's got their rack on it. So it's actually got a rack over the bed, which was perfect for like my rooftop tent and that sort of stuff. And so my idea was maybe if I could pick this up before core, then I could sort of surprise everybody. I could take it to core, right? Um, and so I, I talked to Kyle a couple times and the plan was to go up Tuesday. So the day before core to pick up this truck. So part of the reason why I had to wait till Tuesday too was that he had actually pulled the bumpers off and everything and sent them for powder coat. So he was waiting to get them back so they'd be all nice and shiny and new, right? Which is awesome. So thank you to him for that. Um, but so Tuesday, you know, I messaged him and I'm like, hey, can I come up there and meet you? He's like, sure, come on up. So about midday, I headed up there. We, you know, pulled my truck up. I kind of got all the stuff out of it, moved it over to the Frontier. He has a forklift. I'll show you here. We used the forklift to kind of pick up my whole assembly, my Unistrut roof rack actually worked really, really well and made it super easy to keep the awning because it holds the awning, it holds the rooftop tent, it's got all my antennas for my WeBoost and my GMRS on it. So we were able to just, as a whole unit, lift that up off the top of the truck and place it onto the Frontier. Um, so we got all that stuff on there, we got it mounted, we you know put all the bolts in the, the rack and got that tightened up. Um, we started to get everything ready to go, right? And it was awesome. I was super excited. This truck is also Titan swapped with pretty much all, you know, relatively new components. It's got Radflows up front and Old Man Emu out back. About a two and a half inch lift um, Titan swap components. So if you're not familiar with that, basically the Titan is the full size truck from Nissan. And a lot of those components are actually bolt onto the frame for a Frontier. So you can essentially widen your track and make it almost like the width of a full-size truck with a, the smaller truck body on top of it. So it's just stronger components, beefier components. It's also got Titan brakes on it and Titan hubs. So again, everything gets stronger. So, you know, from my experience having the Xterra, it's been great, but I beat on it, right? I take it overlanding, I take it off-roading, I do all kinds of stuff. Most miles are either long distance, like highway stuff to get to really rough terrain to try and explore stuff or it's just like local like a couple hours away and then like off-roading 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 right um <clears throat> so i love the idea of having the heavier duty bigger full-size truck components under it because that kind of solves that problem right so we got the truck already i get in it and i start it up and it's kind of the engine's different right now this truck had 211,000 miles on it my truck has 142 so it's 70,000 more miles than my truck so I turn it on and it just kind of doesn't feel as strong as my truck, right? It's kind of, the engine felt a little kind of sputtery and stuff, but I was like, maybe it's an exhaust leak or something, right? And uh, Kyle from PNP had been driving it all week and he was like, yeah, it's been great and this and that. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, he also, for those of you that are Nissan fanatics, the, the guides, the chain guides for the timing chain are plastic and they tend to wear on these trucks. Between 150 to 200,000 usually, you'll have to do some maintenance and it's quite involved. Like you have to kind of take apart the whole front end of the truck. The parts for it are fairly expensive too. Um, so he had just had that done like 100 miles before. I actually think that, that may be what kind of contributed to what happened next. So I get in the truck, I start it up to leave and it feels a little bit weak. It feels a little bit like uneven idle. But I was like, again, maybe it's an exhaust leak or something. You know, he's been driving it. He took it to Moab like six months ago and wheeled the crap out of it out in Moab. So I was just like, well, maybe it's just a little different. Maybe this is what 70,000 more miles feels like, right? Well, I live about two hours south of where his shop is, about 75 miles. 
So I get in the truck and I start driving it. And like suspension wise, it, I mean, it feels bigger than the Xterra, but it felt really good. Like really, you know, kind of like bobbly and, and wobbly, like all these big lifted trucks are, but really solid, right? Like no real creaks or squeaks or anything like that. Like I'm accustomed to on my Xterra. Um, so I really liked the way the truck rode, but within a few minutes of leaving, I got a service engine soon light on. And so I, you know, I'm texting with Kyle. I'm like, Hey, I got an SES light. Is that like a normal thing? Is that like a light that I just ignore because of like the catalytic converters or something? Or like, is it something I should be concerned with? And he's like, oh, well, I've been driving it all week and I've never had an SES light. And he's like, is it, does it feel weird or anything? I said, no, not really. It just, it just has the SES light on. Well, so about that time I hit the big highway here and the speed limit's 70 and I start to give it gas to merge up onto the highway and it feels really underpowered. And like I'm 4,000, 5,000, 6,000 RPMs and this thing is just creeping one mile an hour up. Well, you know, one, two, three, four miles an hour up. And I'm like, this doesn't feel right. And I about get hit by a semi-truck merging onto the highway and I'm flogging this thing. I'm, you know, I'm keeping it at about third gear at like 4,000 RPMs just to keep it like 60, 65. And I'm going down the highway. And so I get most of the way back home and I get off at my exit and I decide I'm going to go to the gas station just to fill up again, just to make sure I'm all topped off before I have to leave at 4 a.m. the next morning to go to the core event. And I pull in the gas station, I turn off the truck, I fill it up with gas, I get back in the truck, I start it, and there's a, a lady in front of me in her truck, and it's like an older Chevy, and she's finishing up filling up, so I turn on my truck, and I'm waiting for her to move so I can go, and I kind of hear like a tick, 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 and I'm like, is that her truck? Is that my truck? And I'm leaning my head out the window, I'm like, oh crap, that sounds like the Frontier. So then she leaves, and I leave behind her, and I'm like, I gotta go. Like, I'm like a mile from my house at this point, I'm like, I gotta get this thing home, so I drive home, I pull into my driveway, and I get out and I hear like a definite, it almost sounded initially like like a lifter knock, so like a tick, 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 tick. Like a definitely an RPM dependent like ticking, right? So I turn the truck off. I text with Kyle, I'm like, hey, I sent him a video of it. I said, here's this. He said, you know, maybe check to see if one of the coils is fused with a spark plug. And so I start pulling out the spark plugs and looking. I don't see anything weird in there. And so then I'm like, okay, I'm going to start it back up again. I'm going to listen to it. Well, I started back up and I'll put a video here of it so you can hear it. But so I, you know, I started back up just for like a minute or so and I hear, a, I go down to the bottom of the engine and that's kind of the noise you hear at the end of that. It's a knocking, right? Like a rod knocking. So I send that to Kyle and I'm like, oh shoot. And I call him and I talk to him and you know, the good thing is he's a really nice guy. So he's like, you know what? Obviously this isn't something you've done to the truck, right? Like something must've happened. And again, I think that whoever did the the guide replacement maybe forgot to put oil in it or something, right? Like who knows or did something wrong, um, but it, it destroyed the engine. So I'm pretty sure that the engine is destroyed. Um, however, what we're going to do, what the long-term sort of solution to this is, is, you know, Kyle graciously has said, look, your Xterra engine and trans are whole. They're good. You're confident in those. You've known them for the last five years. You know that it's a good engine. Um, it's easy for him to just pull that whole assembly out and swap it. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take the 08, we're going to put my engine and trans from the 05 into it. We're going to put it back together. And I'll have a truck basically with like 70,000 less miles than what I initially purchased, which is kind of nice. I feel bad that, you know, he has to go through that. But at the same time, I appreciate that he's taking care of me because it was, I did pay him cash. Like I brought him a big chunk of cash 
to buy the truck and then literally driving it off the lot like the engine exploded. So, um, so again, kind of sad, right? Um, the truck looks amazing. Everything underneath is super clean. Suspension-wise, it's super clean. So I'm really excited to drive it once it has a good motor and trans in it. I think it's going to be a great truck for at least the next few years, right? If it can get me far enough to where I could purchase like a used 2022 Frontier, that may be my next, uh, my next purchase. But again, as we get closer to that, I will definitely be, you know, consulting you guys, talking about kind of what my thoughts are and getting feedback from you guys on, on what you think I should do next. Um, so anyway, so that was kind of the thing, right? So that was, that's the new truck. Um, I'm super excited to share with you guys. I'm super excited to make some videos and take it on some adventures. Uh, you know, at the Keweenaw Overland Adventure Retreat, I hung out with a lot of folks from the Ozarks and I definitely want to get over there and see them. Uh, more Expo is happening in April of 2022 and that's out in, you know, near the Ozarks. So definitely want to get that thing all together and solid um, so that I can start taking it on some more adventures. So again, there will be more videos of this thing coming. There will be more information on this thing coming. And I can't wait to share with you guys. So I hope that was interesting. I hope that that answers a lot of your questions. Obviously, if you have other questions, if you've been listening for a while or watching for a while, post up in the comments below. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your, your questions are. And I'm happy to answer any that you've got. Um, there will be, you know, a rig walk around coming of that once it's whole again. I'll be talking about the modifications that are done to it. I'll probably be changing some things up, but I do like a lot of the modifications that are on it. So I've got to make some decisions. And again, I'll probably consult you guys on, you know, do I keep the decked system or not? Like, I like it a lot, but it takes up a lot of room in the back. I don't have room for my fridge now, so I'm going to have to figure that out. So there's going to be a lot of cool, fun, do-it-yourself stuff that I can do and sort of set up things and tinkering that I get to do. Um, but so again, as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening on the podcast. I appreciate you guys. Um, in the description below are links to Facebook, Instagram, podcast if you're on YouTube, YouTube if you're on the podcast. Definitely come hang out wherever you'd like. Um, there's also a link to my Patreon page. Small group of, you know, super like kind of excited, budget-minded, do-it-yourself type folks that just want to avoid all that sort of elitism and stuff that happens on the big board. So if that sounds like something you're into, I'd love to have you come over and join that as well. Um, but until next time, uh, I hope you guys have a great week and uh, we will talk to you soon.